Peter Sherman in for Alex Pearson. We hear a lot of talk about uh, hate being on the rise. More and more of it every day, as a matter of fact. There are a number of current incidents, in fact, that support that. The other day, a quiet group of Indigenous people were meeting in what's called a drumming circle in downtown Toronto. I could throw a stone practically from where I'm sitting at Chorus Key uh, to the Esplanade, and that's where it was. They were basically set upon by a couple of angry men. Angry at what? Who knows? That Indigenous people would sit in a circle and do traditional drumming, hurting nobody? Apparently, yeah. That's what it is. And, and that's what hate is. Or opposing groups clashing during Pride, both in Hamilton two weeks ago and in Toronto this past weekend during the Dyke March uh, in Toronto in the area of the Eaton Centre. The government of Canada has just added several right-wing groups to the list of outlawed terror networks, and the list of incidents goes on. Well... Sadly, hate has always been here, probably always will be here. What I want to know uh, is whether it really is on the rise or we're just becoming more sensitive to it. And to help us ascertain that, we're joined by Richard Warman. He's a board member of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network and a human rights lawyer. Welcome, Richard. Hi, thanks very much for having me. Thanks very much for coming on board. What's happening here? Help, help me understand. You're part of a network that looks at this. Are we noticing these incidents more acutely, or is hate generally increasing in bucolic, polite Canada? I think it's a bit of uh, a bit of both, unfortunately. I think we're in a situation where individuals who are involved in these kind of racist activities feel emboldened, uh, both by the current political climate and by the fact that there was the appearance, um, certainly from the Hamilton incidents at the Pride Parade, uh, that there were no consequences and that they could get away with assaults, uh, including assaults with a weapon. Uh, that changed today, thankfully, with the Hamilton police uh, announcing the arrest and charge of one of the individuals involved um, for assaults with a weapon. Uh, so that's that's good news. Uh, but in the current political climate, unfortunately, I feel that, I think these groups feel emboldened. They're able to carry out their activities. They think they fit in with sort of the uh, the climate, the political climate right now. And that's really unfortunate. And that's where the community needs to step up and say, no, that's not OK. And, you know, not on our watch. Well, I would say it's not OK. And I think most people of sound mind would say it's not OK. But you've used the term the current political climate about three times in the past minute. So I've got to ask you, what is the the current political climate that you're referring to? I think it's a situation where there's been a rise in xenophobia, where we see uh, people who come from outside, you know, what are traditionally considered white uh, European Canadians as being the other, uh, where there's a feeling in some quarters that the, uh, you know, our Muslim neighbors are somehow a threat uh, to our way of living, that there's a sense that the, the Jewish community, which has traditionally always been a prominent target of the far right, uh, is, is again, you know, being legitimized. Um, we've seen the kind of violence that ensues from those kinds of beliefs that uh, whether it's, uh, you know, mosques in New Zealand, mosques in Quebec City, or uh, synagogues in the United States being shot up, uh, we know what the consequences of those kinds of political ideologies are. Okay, so we've heard in the recent months from the Prime Minister of Canada, and it doesn't get much more senior than that, uh, that white supremacy action is on the rise. Um, I, I want to know, because, and I, I'm asking this as a serious, legitimate question, is white supremacy on the rise, this xenophobia that you're describing, is it white supremacy per se, or is that a convenient connection that Trudeau is making so that he can use it against conservative elements in this pre-election period? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, we're an apolitical organization. We we don't take positions in terms of the the federal politics. Of the no, but he has. 
Sure, and you know, and I'll leave that to the Liberals and the Conservatives to, uh. to work out between themselves. But uh, certainly, in a climate where you see this kind of othering, this kind of saying, "Look, you know, um, people who don't look like me are somehow a threat," uh, despite the fact that you know successive waves and generations of immigrants have come to this country and become acclimatized, uh, you know, over a, a short period. Um, you know, I, I think that's just inaccurate, and those kinds of fears are unfounded. Uh, but you have a situation where white supremacist groups have the sense that, you know, they, they have been emboldened. They have the sense that it's somehow legitimate. You have groups like, you know, the various sort of Sons of Odins or Soldiers of Odins or Wolves of Odin or whatever they're calling themselves this week. Uh, you have groups like La Meute, uh, in Quebec, and you have a variety of other organizations, Pegida, uh demonstration this past uh, weekend in Toronto, which is an overtly anti-Muslim organization. Uh, so, you know, there is this sense that they are out there, that they have a sense that they can engage in these kinds of activities, and that's where the community needs to step up and say, uh, no, no, absolutely not. So I find myself a little bit confused. I take what you're saying at totally at face value. It's it's part of what you do on the one hand. On the other hand, uh, politicians of all stripes for, I would have to say at this point, decades have celebrated very particularly uh, central Ontario and Toronto specifically for being so multicultural and so diverse. Uh, I, being a former politician myself, as you may know, used to make speeches that more often than not started off with, take a look around the room and tell me who here looks like a Canadian. And it's the all these confused looks on people's faces and and uh, i'd say well the fact is you all do and that's what's beautiful about this country how is that changing why is that changing why are people emboldened um i you know it's a very good question it's a question that we have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves as a canadian society as to why it is that these groups feel that they have the political airspace uh, to engage in these kinds of increasing activities, these kinds of uh, public demonstrations, these kinds of things where there's an attempt to demonize our, our Muslim neighbors, our Jewish neighbors, our black neighbors, um, you know, from whatever community the, the current target du jour is. Uh, so I think that's a, you know, that's a, a question for reflection that individuals have to do, that we as, as groups have to do, and that we as a society as a whole have to do to say, Look, you know, this this is not acceptable. This has never been acceptable in Canada. And it, you know, it, it isn't now and it, it never was. You talk about the target du jour, and I understand the use of the term, uh, but this is not particular to Jewish people or Muslim people, not in any way uh, taking away from the problems that those two communities feel. It's also sexist, violence against women, or uh, if not violence, then denigration, uh, indigenous people, uh, people of color, uh, people of different sexual orientations, anything that is deemed to be a minority and, and not necessarily always based on uh, sexuality or always based on race. It's based on pretty well everything. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the, the, there are certainly intersectionalities within those identities as well that um, that come into play. Uh, and in fact, you know, the the fact that these groups may purport to target uh, one uh, particular sector of the community that they put on the, the face of being opposed to doesn't mean that if you scratch a little bit under the surface that they're in fact, um, you know, haters of a number of those groups or, or virtually all of those groups that you've named. So, um yeah, it's unfortunately that some of them are are, are broad-based uh, haters and that um, others tend to try and f- tailor their messaging to whatever they feel is the most uh, acceptable uh, within the community at any given time. What can individuals do if and when they encounter this? Uh, speak up. Stand up. 
uh, be counted, you know, talk to the people that are involved in doing it and, and say, look, you know, uh, this isn't acceptable. Talk to the people who are being the targets of it and say, look, uh, we're here with you. You know, if you need us, um, we're here in support. Uh, and if you see something that's serious like criminal violence or anything like that, then report it to the police. That's what 911 is there for. Um, you know, if you see a racist attack, then uh, make sure that you, you report it. Uh, you know, the police are there in order to enforce the law. So we have to make sure that they have the ability to do that. Richard Warman, thanks so much for taking the time, and I appreciate the work that you're doing. Thanks for your time. All right. Richard Warman, who is a board member of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network and uh, on a day-to-day basis a human rights lawyer. I am Peter Sherman. You're with Global News Radio.